Welcome. We're here with Flan Through. With Liv and Les. It's time to talk some field hockey. Let's start talking hockey. Hey guys, we are here with episode 12, our season finale. I can't believe it's already August. I don't know about you, Les. Oh yeah. Summer flew by. Summer flew by and we are wrapping up our first season. August is a very exciting time for probably all of you, Leslie included. I have a little bit of FOMO (laughs) and season is right around the corner. Many of you maybe even started your preseason already. Les, by the time this episode came out, you have started. Yeah, it will be our first day, the day this episode drops. And gosh, what I would do to be in all of your shoes again with the butterflies getting excited. Minus the fitness test. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing I don't miss. Yes, the fitness test. So everything (laughs) minus the fitness test. That's fair. But I, I do miss more than anything, the excitement, like I said, the butterflies that you get in your stomach as preseason just gets closer and closer. I couldn't agree more. Retweet, you know, even as a coach, I still get the preseason jitters. They're just a little different since I'm not doing any of the physical (laughs) preparation part, (laughs) but super excited for the student athletes and all the endless possibilities that lie ahead. New year, new championships, conference, national, they're up for grabs. A hundred percent. So today for our last episode, we are closing season one, the way we started with a live and Les episode, but with a twist, as many of you may have saw on social media, we asked you all to submit questions and you guys delivered. We got great responses and a lot of questions about hockey, the podcast and our advice based on our own playing experiences. We will be keeping all questions anonymous and we structured the questions into three categories that we made. First, hockey, second, advice we have, and finally, what it's been like to do the podcast. And FYI, we actually didn't discuss any of our answers with each other, so this will be just as fun for us. Let's get started with our first category, hockey. First question, Olivia, best coach you've ever had and why? Well, Les, besides you, of course. Oh, yes. Besides me, obviously. (laughs) I think no one will be shocked to hear this answer. I don't think you will be shocked to hear this answer. The first coach that comes to mind is for me, Catherine DiLorenzo. For those of you who do not know who that is, she is the head coach at Middlebury College. She was also on our third episode. If you want to go back and listen, I'll say words can't do this justice. Words can't do what she means to me justice. But the two reasons of why. I'll say are the lessons that she was able to teach me throughout my four years, field hockey related or not, you know, about leadership, about getting pushed to your limits and how to proceed. So many lessons that now already in the past year I've translated in the, in the quote unquote real world and with a quote unquote real job. (laughs) And then second, the personal relationships that she made with me and every single player that's ever been on her team. And we'll talk about this in actually season two. We're looking forward to it, but 
talking about the role of the coach and how that's changed in the past couple decades, but how she really takes that on and is not just, you know, a coach on the field, a coach in the locker room, but she's a mentor and someone who is involved in your life, field hockey and not field hockey. I'll turn the question over to you now before I start like tearing up talking about Catherine DiLorenzo. Leslie, best coach you've ever had and why? You know, if you ask me mentor, I would 100% say Catherine DiLorenzo, 100%. This, this is a really tough question, to be honest, Liv. And so after a lot of thought, I'm going to go with a no answer type of answer in that there have been so many great coaches in my life that to identify just one as a favorite, I'm using air quotes, as a favorite coach is really difficult because there were a lot of stages and areas of development in my playing career and each coach has aided me differently, whether that was technically, tactically, emotionally, mentally, you know, from my club coaches to my high school coach to my coaching staff at Michigan, everybody has made a really wonderful and, and positive impact in my life, both as a player and a person. And of course, hindsight is 2020. Would I have given this answer in high school or college? Who knows? But looking back at a favorite coach, it's really difficult for me to identify just one coach. So that is where I will leave my answer as a no answer type of answer and, and just shout out to every coach I've ever had and how awesome they are. All right. Question two, Olivia, what were your pregame rituals that you did with your team? And I will preface this with I did not know what they were until one day we got a sneak peek because the school we were at, the way we could like, because typically you can't see into a locker room, right? But the room you guys- You didn't know our pregame rituals? I didn't. Not the one that was before us, like before we came into the locker room. Right, right, right. But the one school we were at, the way it was set up, we could like see into the room. I know exactly. We were in like a ballet studio. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. So all that was, that was my answer. Um, dancing, dancing is a big, big part of the Middlebury culture, field hockey culture. And even if you don't like dancing before you go to college, you end up learning to love dancing, being, being on this team, but I won't say too much because it is special. And, and I think within, within the team, within the culture and that stays in the locker room, Leslie didn't even know. And, and she was, <laughs> she was the coach for two years, Yeah, but we, but before every game we would have two songs, which ended up turning into like three by the end of my senior year for some reason, but it was supposed to be just two songs before every single game where we would all be in a circle, dance to them. Literally we had like choreographed dances That's amazing. and they would be the same every single game, no matter if it was home or away, we'd bring the speaker away. And Literally by the end, I would be dripping sweat. Like I just played half of the game. Like, kid you not, kid you not. Some girls wouldn't put their shirts on yet because you would become like drenched sweat. No, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Not a good visual, but that happened. So people went hard, but I will say, I will remember a lot of specific games. Obviously I will remember a lot of big games, 
a lot of big wins and also obviously a big, a lot of big losses, but I honestly think locker room experiences and memories will like trump those wins and losses in 10, 20, et cetera, years from now. And I will remember those two dances that ended up turning into three. <laughs> Dancing's a big part of it. I would have yeah. to say that my, my answer would also, my answer is not going to be dancing, but dancing was a very big part of um, our locker room routine. I think it's a pretty big part. It's special that you guys had certain songs. Certain songs, but it is right. universal. You blast music, you dancing. dance, you sing, right. you get each other pumped you up. You try to sing, you try to dance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I should add that. Right, right. I should add that. Um, but we, so we had the whole in the locker room thing, but then out on the field, um, so we did this like footwork agility. Um, I believe Michigan still does it today, which is like awesome to see that it's still going on. We did this footwork thing and then we like sprinted out towards like the P spot on the field, the, the stroke mark. And we just like got in a huddle and whoever was kind of like the leader of that year, it was a captain or, or maybe just a senior would give some words of inspiration. And like, there we are just like in this huddle together, team only, no coaches, And, um, sometimes the message was just like, let's effing get this done. And sometimes it was close your eyes and like, think about yourself doing like a little bit of meditation, doing the skill you need to do. And so, um, that always fired me up and and it was an exciting thing. And then we would actually shout out to Haley Jones, my best friend, (laughs) but we would sprint back to the goalies and like high five them. And Haley and I actually learned the handshake to the parent trap. Mm. And we would do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that was, um, that took a lot of time to learn. I'm not going to lie. If one of you mess it up, you're like, come on. Well, they actually saw it on video once. That's and, amazing. Like, so it became like a part of like one of the highlight videos was us doing this handshake. Oh, that's And great. us just like giggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meditation before games also. Uh, that was a big, another big part of our, our ritual. Mm-hmm. So underrated. And I think it does so much. Too many secrets. I know. Okay, I'm done. Okay, (laughs) done with done. Done with pregame rituals. But meditate. (laughs) Okay. Question three: What's the biggest lesson, line, quote your coach told you, or any coach told you, that you've been able to apply to your life outside of sports? This is prefaced with a little bit of a funny story. So. and actually one of my teammates, one of my classmates wrote this into the thing, into the <laughs> social media. So it was halftime and I, I couldn't tell you which game it was, but we were home and it was halftime and Marsha comes in the locker room and is like giving her halftime speech. And she goes, you know, what's that famous line from a league of their own? And we all kind of sat there and my teammate goes, there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> and like we all just kind of, we were like, yeah, what is Marsha getting at with all of this? Like, and we giggled and we laughed and she was like, no, <laughs> we we're like, okay. And so it's the quote towards the end of the movie when um, the main character is going to leave and not play in like the championship series. And Jimmy Dugan, who is played by Tom Hanks comes over to her and says, it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. And um, so 
I thought that, you know, that's, I think a phenomenal quote and especially to being a student athlete, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think we've talked about the statistics before of like the percentage of high school athletes who go on to be student athletes is so, so small. Um, but yeah, so of course there is no crying in baseball, but <laughs> it's maybe just be- a little, maybe sometimes, <laughs> maybe a little, <laughs> it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The heart is what makes it great. I like that. Yeah. Same question. So mine doesn't relate to field hockey at all. I actually learned it in high school in gym class, okay. um, but I used it in field hockey, like all of the time, all the time. So it it was also going back to our our meditation thing. It was the gym class was like meditation and like restoring and meditation or or something like that. And we learned a lot about the law of impermanence, which I looked up before we got on. And on Google, it says the exact definition is it states that all relationships will end via death or separation. So I did not learn it in that way. I did not, I do not think about it in that way. The way I think about it is the law of impermanence is everything will eventually come to an end. Like nothing is permanent. Nothing stays forever. Everything will come to an end, whether that's field hockey, whether that's sports, whether that's college, whether that's education, whether that's a job, whatever. And I use that throughout college. And like, ever since I learned that in that one gym class, especially during the fitness test. I was about to say (laughs) in ways like during the fitness test, when I wanted to die and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't like internally, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. The law of impermanence, this will eventually end. So like suck it up, get it done. This won't be forever. You won't feel like you want to pass out (laughs) on the field forever. Or you could think about it in a completely different way of like the law of impermanence. I only have four years here. I only have four years playing on this team after four years, like I, unless I play an adult league, like field hockey is done for me. So enjoy every minute of it before it ends because it's inevitable to end. So I, I think I use it in a lot of aspects of my life, but field hockey, (laughs) when I wanted to die because I was like panting on the field, I would use it, but I would also use it to like reflect and appreciate being where my feet were a lot more on how special it is to be a student athlete. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you to my gym coach, senior year of high school, man, your gym classes sounded a lot more, <laughs> yeah. a lot better than mine. <laughs> we learned how to breathe. We learned about the law of impermanence. I needed that. Yeah. All right. Uh, last question in the hockey section, what was your hardest moment, Olivia, mentally or physically during your field hockey career? Immediately. I think to injury. And I think back to my ACL injury, which was like a month into senior year of high school season during a game, tore my ACL. I had a very, a conservative recovery and was out for, I believe it was 11 months. I got cleared two weeks before freshman year preseason. So already I'm like freaking out about being a freshman going in, you know, being at the same level of everyone else. And already I'm kind of a step behind because I haven't been able to train the past 11 months in the way that pretty much everyone else was able to do. So the ACL injury senior year, even into freshman year of college mentally and physically like took me down. And it really took me down in the beginning during senior year where 
more mentally, I'll say than even physically, I was in a tremendous amount of pain after my surgery, but the mental side of it is what I remember the most, which I think a lot of people, or maybe even everyone who has had an injury that has put you out of the game you love to play for, you know, let's say a significant amount of time that would happen to anyone and getting over the hump of finally, like I said, finally being cleared two weeks before preseason, feeling a step behind fitness wise, field hockey wise, because of the lack of training, that was really, really hard mentally for me to get over that hump for me to say to myself, I'm cleared. I have to trust my knee. I have to trust my body and trust that like I can be back on the field and be better than I once was. Uh, So it was a physical thing, but I will say the mental side of it was extremely tough. And thank God I had support from you going into freshman year, support from D'Lo going into freshman year, support from my family, support from all the teammates that I didn't even know yet. Um, But I, I, I think, like I said before, I think a lot, a lot of people can relate to injury and, and the physical and mental side of what comes with an injury. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I can definitely relate to that. Um, the mental of being injured, the physical of being injured mm-hmm. and, um, which I feel like I could use as an answer, but thinking about it more in depth, the hardest moment was actually when hockey was over for me. And it was such a huge, it is such a huge part of my life. I started playing when I was like six in kindergarten. So that last game, which was an absolute horrible ending, it was, it just sucked to lose an overtime on just a crappy call. Um, I was like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Like what I, I got a degree in general studies. Like, what am I going to do? And I really struggled mentally, like for a while, Cause I just, I was like, okay, field hockey's over. What do I do from here? It's been a huge part of my life. I was lucky to have an experience teaching English in China and then like had a full-time job, but I still felt empty inside. Um, like a huge chunk of my life was missing. And so, and I believe I talked about it in the first episode, you know, I just like ended up upping and quitting my corporate job to find a coaching job. Cause I was like, this is what I need to fulfill my life was mm-hmm. to coach. I I, I don't regret it at all in, in no regards. I do miss the corporate paycheck. That was like really nice. Um, and just having the structure of like, Hey, nine to five Monday through Friday, it was a lot easier to plan vacations. It was a lot mm-hmm. easier to plan schedules with friends, but you know, being a part of the field hockey world, these are my friends. So when I do have to go recruiting from Friday to Sunday, I'm doing it with my friends and that's Mm -hmm. really special. And so having field hockey a part of my life still is what keeps me sane, but also drives me insane. (laughs) Okay. We're moving on to our second category that we've, that we've made. So the category of more general advice. So the question is what's one thing you wish you would have known before your freshman year preseason? This is a great question. I was excited when this person asked this question. I wish I would have known, and I would probably tell any incoming freshman this, that it's okay to fail. And it's okay to not be the best player on the field. Because when you come into college, you know, you were probably the best at your high school. 
-hmm. and you got recruited to this competitive team that wants to win championships, you have to remember that you are in a way restarting and there is going to be a senior, a fifth year senior on your team. Who's been doing this for five years Mm -hmm. and you know, they're going to be there and you're going to be here and that's okay. It's okay to make those mistakes. It's okay to fail. Use your teammates to lean on them and to take in their advice, to take in their experience, because one day you are going to be that senior, that fifth year senior who can help that freshman come into school. And, um, yeah, I think like, that's just the biggest mentality switch of like, Hey, you're the top of the food chain. You're a senior, big you were dog. center, you were center mid, <laughs> right. You're center mid, you were the high yeah. school scorer. And now you're yeah. coming into a team where, Hey, maybe that's not your role and that's okay. And one day you're going to be back at the top as a whole new, you, a whole new leader as a senior, fifth year, senior. What about you Liv? When I saw this question, I was like, okay, I don't want to sound too basic by, mm-hmm. by, by giving like the basic answer of like, enjoy every minute because like, it'll come to an end because I don't think you really understand that. Like, I don't think you can go it's with every, anything in life. You always are like, oh, I wish I appreciated that more in the moment. Or I wish like, I realized more that this was going to come to an end. Like that's part of looking back on experiences. So I was going to sit here and say like, enjoy every moment. Cause it's going to come into an end. But I think that's really hard. I think you just enjoy it as you go through it. And it's really hard to like constantly be thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And if you are constantly thinking about it, I think that like detracts from the enjoyment of it almost. But then I was talking to someone and, and I was like, I was talking to a friend and I was like, what would you say to this question? And he responded. So are you about to give someone else's answer? So I'm about to give (laughs) a baseball player's answer. Okay. (laughs) But, but he said like, have fun. Don't take it too seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously. Mm -hmm. And I, my response was like, yeah, have fun. But like, you need to take it seriously. You need to take yourself seriously. That's how like there's high competition and a lot of growth. And, but I, I do think there's something there with don't take yourself too seriously because you can drive yourself to a place of spiraling. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes along with what you were just saying of like, be easy on yourself, do the work, do the summer fitness, train your ass off Mm -hmm. and, and control what you can control. Don't worry about what you don't worry about the, the senior who, yeah, is probably going to start over you coming in as a freshman control what you can control, which is the training and the fitness and all of that. And besides that, be easier on yourself, have fun and, and don't, don't take it all too seriously because once the enjoyment and the fun leaves it all and isn't a part of playing field hockey, then, then why are you even playing? Right. So that was a long-winded answer. And I know it went all <laughs> and it over was the place. Technically someone else's answer. And, and it was someone else's answer. <laughs> so thank you to the person who gave me that answer. Right. But but I but I I thought that was a good one. Yeah, I like that. I think it's just, you know, mentally, it is gonna be the biggest switch you're gonna have in your playing career of senior in high school. Oh to my god, freshman yeah. in college, first year in college. And so mentally preparing yourself that like, all right, I have a new role. Yeah. Be excited for growth. Exactly. All right. Second question in our advice uh, category, Livia, 
Mm-hmm. How would you get teammates to buy into off-season opportunities such as a summer league or summer workouts, et cetera? I think so much of that has to do with the culture and that just can't be created in a season. That has to be created across years and who's the constant across, you know, years, a decade, whatever. It's maybe an assistant coach, but most likely the head coach and at a lot of programs. So to answer that question, I truly believe it comes from the culture and a coach setting an expectation and requiring actions out of their players in a way where you're requiring though, but then your players actually also want to be doing that and putting in the effort and putting in the work to be the best they can for the team. But also I will say it does come from the leadership, which is taught by the coach mm-hmm. and you know, being a leader my senior year, it was taught to us to, you know, expect certain actions out of all of our teammates in freshmen, sophomores, junior, and even other seniors. And we were able to then relay those expectations and messages and hard conversations to all of our teammates and not in a way where then it created like this drama and and bickerness and and tension on the team because that's what was expected. And that was the culture that was already put in place years and years before I got there, my class got there. So what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I think the buy-in part is the hardest part because no matter how much structure or how many opportunities we as coaches can present to players, they still have to take it. And so I think the leadership part and having captain senior leadership on the same page as you who are wildly excited about a summer league opportunity and they're grabbing those first years or grabbing the sophomores saying, Hey, you live 30 minutes from here. Like, come on, I'm going to be there. So-and-so is going to be there. So-and-so is going to be there. And I also heard four of our competitors are going to be there. So you're also going to make the drive. If you need me to come pick you up, I'll come pick you up. I think that's a huge part of the buy-in is in, like you were saying, Liv, it's top down. And Mm -hmm. so we can provide everything in the world, but having those senior leaders um, on the same page is crucial to get everyone else to buy in. Yeah, Um, I think that's the first part. And I think the second part is too of the Jimmy Dugan quote of it's supposed to be hard. And especially the workout portion of that, it is supposed to be hard. And that, that tough workout is only going to make you better and better and better. It's not going to set you back. It's going to prepare you. And so, and we've talked about it in our summer packet episode is it, it's preparing you to be the best for the team. Yeah. If you're not panting, you're doing something wrong. (laughs) Not Not working hard. Completely drenched in sweat (laughs) and crying. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, that aspect of having, I'll say partners or or people, you know, in the off season, I'll, I'll talk about the summer, having expectations for you and taking responsibility of your own actions, but also like as a senior, you know, you could reach out to a sophomore, you know, maybe struggles with fitness a little bit more. And you know, it's a really hard day at the track and you say, hey, what's your availability today? Let's both go to the track at 6.30 PM after work let's do this hard workout and then let's FaceTime afterwards and Mm -hmm. like see how each other did. 
small, small things like that, once again, top bottom. And, and I think that's taught by the coach and led by example from the coach to then the seniors and the captains and leadership to then juniors, sophomores, freshmen. It's a, you said it perfectly. It's a trickle down. Right. So one of my ace buddies, I was, I was a sophomore. She was a senior and she was always pretty physically fit. She was a rock star. I love her. You know, she knew I struggled. And so she'd be like, all right, like we are going to the track at this time. And then after let's go get dinner, you know, like she, it was almost like an instead of each time, but she knew run dinner. Yeah. I know. Well, and, and, and I appreciated that so much. I'd be like, okay, like I'm going to be doing this with her and like, I'm not embarrassed to do it with her because she's my ace buddy. She's Mm -hmm. the one encouraging me. And so I, I tried to give that back when I was a fifth year senior everybody I knew who was in town, I was like, okay, what's everyone's availability. Let's set up a time for a lift. Mm-hmm. And you know, it actually in the summer, it was like at 7am, which kind of sucked, but we were all there. We were all there together, cheering each other on. And, um, hopefully, you know, they passed it on as well, but they were also like some of the most fit girls on the team. So <laughs> they were like, this is easy. I'm like, Oh <laughs> yeah. But what, what it sounds like both of ours overlapping is like the camaraderie. It all has to like at the core of it, it all has to do with camaraderie, wanting to help out your teammates right. and wanting your help teammates to help you out as well. The team, the team, the team, the team, the team, the culture. <laughs> like that. Last segment is going to be about the actual podcast and um, our experience, you know, starting back in December with flattened through till now. Mm -hmm. So Olivia, first question, what have you found most enjoyable besides working with me (laughs) about doing this podcast? It's funny you say that. I I swear I'm not trying to be cheesy right now. I feel like this is going to come across as cheesy, but I have two things written down right now. And the first was working with you. (laughs) And I, and I'm being serious about that because we talked about it earlier, like coaches who you have relationships with, like you work with them for two years. We worked together for two years Mm -hmm. and the coaches that you then can work with for a year, two years, whatever the relationships that then last a lifetime are so special are so special. So like amazing. And I definitely knew I had that relationship and connection with you at Middlebury, my freshman and sophomore year, but you know, you like you left and then whatever, three years went by and, and we would catch up. It would be like that friend, like you catch up every six months or like, like it even came to like once a year for like the first year or two. And we'd be able to catch up and pick off like no time had passed. It has been really fun reconnecting with you on and kind of like turning our relationship into an even new relationship working Mm -hmm. together. And then I will say, we talked about like loss and graduating and not being an athlete anymore. And I've, I think everyone feels that. And I've definitely felt lost in the past year. COVID has probably enhanced that feeling even more Mm -hmm. being able to, you went back into coaching, but having my toes dipped into hockey again and being able to talk about hockey and interview people who all love hockey is just been a really nice thing. And I feel like I'm back and back in a way. 
Yeah. Well, I will say likewise to your first part, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, yeah, I think you're kind of spot on of like, I, from a coach's perspective, you feel like you're doing something right when you can connect years later. And um, this happens to be about field hockey, but at the same time, like nothing to do about field hockey. And so um, it's been awesome to, to do this with Olivia and reconnect in that way. Um, not as a player coach relationship, but as a co-host co-producer way, which it's, it's been really fun. And um, I think a little stressful, <laughs> definitely some parts where it's been a little stressful for sure. For sure. It wasn't Hunting all down guests. And roses. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's been a really special part of this podcast is doing it with Olivia. And, and um, I think the second part has been the different perspectives we have heard from. I, in a way have had a relationship with most of our guests and to hear them talk about like their passion in a less, I guess the word would be like less professional of like, oh, I'm Leslie Smith from this college and you are so-and-so from this college, but to kind of like have that conversation and of like, hey, this is like a podcast. This is fun. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not trying to sell me on your college. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's been really cool to have those conversations from a different perspective. That's interesting. I, I, I obviously knew before, before every interview that you had many relationships with multiple of the interviewees we had on, but that's something I, I had not thought of, of you kind of hearing, yeah, like a new, a new perspective, a, a, in a more casual setting. And I know I talked to you about this, I think before uh, we had Will on, on the, on the second episode where I was like, I'm going to ha- like twitch talking to any division, but like a division one coach, like <laughs> at a, a really successful school, like I'm going to twitch, like I'm in high school trying to get recruited. Like I had never been in a casual setting where I'm talking to the assistant coach at Northwestern, the head coach at the university of Connecticut, like big time players at the national level. I've never been in a setting where in a casual, comfortable way I can have a conversation with them quite literally so, in your own bedroom quite, quite literally with my, <laughs> with my bed behind me <laughs> and my stuffed animal propped up <laughs> it's okay it's made it's more yeah. than I can say yeah. <laughs> all right so last question which is best interview moment that we've had this season there's been a lot of good ones yeah but the one that sticks out the most in my head and I still laugh out loud about was when we were interviewing my dad and his boss walked into the room (laughs) and just started like answering the questions himself. And I gave great advice. Actually, he he did give great advice. It was the moment when he talked about the piece of artwork he bought (laughs) and the amount it cost to fly it back from festival back to Pennsylvania. Yep. That was actually like my second interaction with my dad's boss. <laughs> so it was pretty hilarious. Um, I still like laugh about it. And um, yeah, that was that was quite the interview moment. And it was just Bruce. <laughs> so Bruce coupled with Bill, his boss. That was that was a beautiful moment. <laughs> Same question, Liv. I was thinking it was it has it wasn't an interview moment, but I feel like we'll finally say it the amount of time 
we spent doing the intro and outro, which for <laughs> those who don't know, we re-record those outside of the interview. So we we record the interview and then a couple of days later we get back, we write up kind of an intro, outro, and we re-record the intro and outro for every episode. You would think that a paragraph would maybe take us, I don't know, maybe like 20 25 minutes to okay, write and record 10 minutes there. no to write and record 20 25 minutes to okay, write, to write and, record. and record okay yes. 20 minutes gotcha and every time you know on the dot an hour and a half like, <laughs> an hour and a half to two hours we'd be cursing at ourselves we'd be talking to ourselves like get it together olivia re-recording re-recording to, to, to get you a a, a product that does it make us sound like idiots? Yes, that's <laughs> a perfect way to put it. We are so grateful for everyone who has listened to Fly and Through in this first season and engaged with us on social media. We have had a lot of insightful conversations about recruiting, utilizing club hockey, the different divisions, coaching philosophies, and just hockey in general. We are super thankful to have had a range of guests in this past season from division one coaches to division three coaches. We had a strength and conditioning coach on, former student athletes, and even our parents. And then towards the end of the season, two men's USA national players. So we got to hear a lot of personal stories from our guests, shared experiences, coupled with some solid advice, and of course, many, many, many laughs. Good luck to everyone who is playing from middle school to high school, collegiate student athletes, and to all the coaches out there this fall season. You know, even to these stressed out parents on the sideline, let's keep it together this year. (laughs) (laughs) Over a year of uncertainty, it feels good to be back on the field in full force, playing the game we all love so much. Thank you to everyone for the support with the listens, likes, and follows. We are really excited to continue to grow this brand with you. As always, if you like what you're hearing and haven't done so yet, please go rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at flattenthrough, T-H-R-U. As we always say, feel free to DM us about any topics of conversation you are hoping to hear about. If you want another Q&A episode, let us know. (laughs) (laughs) More info on season two to come. But for now, this is not goodbye. But see you later, alligators. See you later.